When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 538 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined by the funky one and the chupacabra, Stephen Kyle Braggy. He's got his uh, Round Rock Chupacabra shirt on. It is a real thing. It is a real thing to some people. It is not real, though. No, it's real. Are we sure it's not real? No, we're not. It's real. All right. It might be real. Could be real. On one night a year for the Round Rock Express, they turn into the Chupacabras, and you can get... Wow. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. We went to the, the game last summer, and I was able to okay. uh, snag this sweet shirt. Yeah. <laughs> ben, All right. uh, what's up, I apologize up, man? for my tardiness. Uh, you know what? It's Anytime I wake up really early, like way earlier than normal... I, I feel like I have forever, right? If, if I wake up at uh, like my normal time, I'm like, okay, I know I have 30 minutes, so I'm going to be on the show. Boom, 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 boom. I get down, I'm ready. If I wake up like I had like an hour and a half this morning, I feel like I had forever. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, it's 8.09. What am I doing? Where were you at 8.09? Because you were still not back by uh, 8.15. Well, you know, I had to make my coffee. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had to start making my coffee, so I had to get my coffee made. Okay. Um, I actually took a shower this morning because I had extra time. Wow. You know? Yeah. That's well, okay. It's a, you're, you're here. You weren't super duper late. Uh, I think people really enjoyed our our discussion, particularly, yes. I'm sure, your perspective, Ben, on um, youth wrestling, right? And one of the questions we got was, how did Ben get such a countercultural view on youth wrestling? Which I thought was kind of funny because Ben is kind of – Countercultural <laughs> on everything else, so I don't know why his perspective. It would be more um, surprising if you had like a, a more traditional view of of coaching youth wrestling. Um, to me, yeah, I mean, like you know what the thing is. I think we've heard, how many Christian, how many people have we heard that elite level athletes that talk about you know how youth wrestling is wrong and how they could do it different, but most of those people don't actually do it right, and mm-hmm. we're actually doing it here, and so now. You know, now I've had nine years of practice and nine years of seeing what the process looks like. And and obviously it's going really well. And so um, my beliefs have been further solidified by the fact that it, it is not only in theory anymore, it's in practice. I, I do have, we have great numbers at AWA. Our retention is fantastic. We're also having success coaching the kids. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, hard to attack any angle of our process at this point. And for me, you know, Max sometimes asks me how big I want to grow. And it's like, you know, part of it's like, well, I just, you know, you know, it's stuff like this. I get to help people think about the way I think about youth wrestling and coaching kids and youth athletics. But part of it's like, Max, if, if I get to keep putting really good coaches in front of kids and changing kids' lives, I don't know. I'd make 500 of them, right? If I can make kids' lives better. I mean, I know, you know, there's probably a lot of people that are sitting in the chat right now listening to this podcast that can say, and maybe it's not even wrestling, Christian, maybe something else. But 
I was positively impacted by a youth coach in my life. He made my life better. There's no doubt about that. I mean, there's a pretty much everyone can say that or they had that feeling. I have that feeling about multiple people. And so if I can keep helping good people get in front of kids, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, totally, totally agree. Now through that process, nine years, which sounds kind of insane when you think about it, but I guess it has been that yeah. long. What, what has changed in your perspective from that time to now? What are some things you learned and adapted along the way? Cause I'm sure you weren't, haven't been operating the same way for nine years. Um, well, about the way I think about it, not not really all that much. You know, I think my, uh, our, you know, it was really me, Coach Messamrink, um, Max. I think our initial guesses were, were pretty good. You know, like I said on the, I, I admit yesterday that, right, we had to start pushing kids to compete a little more um, because they were, you know, they were, they were going all the way in and then they were getting to high school and they're having 20 total matches in their life. And we realized, okay, okay, we need to get this going. Seventh, eighth grade, we need to get this going a little more. Our seventh and eighth graders, we now try to take them to some big dual tournaments, right? So there are, we've kind of ramped it up a little bit, but, you know, our views on, especially that say five through nine, maybe 10, 11, even in some instances, um, have stayed really the same. And, you know, what what we thought about the way we were coaching, our, what we had to coach, I, I think it's turned out really well. And then, you know, actually someone asked me to, actually three people asked me to elaborate on, I said no games. Um the other day that was tuesday we've talked about a lot of youth wrestling this week yeah i so initially like right i've been teaching camps since 2003 i mean i spent all my college summers traveling the country teaching camps and it was lots of games you know kind of that that makes kids happy obviously but with our five through nine year olds group we do play games the practice is only an hour we definitely play games above that i try my best to never play games i mean i'm talking maybe i don't know three to five times a year with um with the groups and I take it as a reflection of my poor or great teaching skill that I can keep people mentally engaged in the practice. And as a coach, you should be able to pay attention to when people are engaged or not engaged. And I shouldn't have to play games to get them engaged in practice because when they play games, they're engaged and I shouldn't have to do that. That makes sense. How long are your practices? 90 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we had David Taylor, if we had David Taylor in, I want to say 2012 might have been 2013. It was a very, very long time ago. Um, maybe before he realized to keep Kale's secrets a little closer. But he said something like, um, "We we never practice more than 90 minutes, and but mostly it's between an hour and hour and 15 minutes." And I thought that was really interesting. And because so my high school coach, Coach Metzbrink, who works with us still. Um, in my high school experience, all of our practices were three hours every single day. And yeah. then, you know, he, he was he was brand new at that time. I mean, he was like, I want to say he was like 29 when I started. So, you know, he was a really young coach. And then by the time Max graduated, it was it was different already, right? He had started, you know, evolutionized, uh, evolution, having evolution of the way he coaches wrestling. Um, but I think 90 minutes is a really good time. I, I, I would say 90 minutes to two hours, right? Depending on the season. Obviously, if you're going to ramp the intensity up, you're not going to be able to go two hours. But there are some days where I'm like, oh, I would really like to keep like going on this technique series that we're going on. I really don't want to cut it short. But, you know, we have 90 minutes. Um, yeah. So I, 90, minutes is probably ide- 90 minutes to two hours is probably ideal. Um, I think once you get to a higher level, like David Taylor was talking about, I think maybe you don't need to spend as much time. Um, but you know, maybe you do. 
Yeah. I'm pretty sure. How long were your practices, Bracky? Ours were always insanely long. About two hours. Yeah. That's yeah. not bad. Ours were like two and a half minimum. That was a lot. Really? Yes. Long practices. So long. Yeah. I mean, we would condition at the beginning of practice, then do a full wrestling practice, and then condition at the end. Lots of conditioning. Yeah, lot of, we were in good shape. <laughs> we we tapered as the year went on. Like as we got to like yeah. regional state, we were doing probably no longer than like an hour and fifteen. Yes, that, that is point. true. We did taper in high school. Coach Messman had us tapering at you said regional sectional state. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what's your What's your policy on parents? Parents in the room, etc. Well, since Corona, it's been fantastic. <laughs> we just don't have any parents anywhere. They just have to drop them off at the door. Um, it actually, has, it's made it more peaceful. And we have, we have a lot of good parents. We don't have too many problem parents, which is, is great. Um, Sounds like you have some. Oh, you know, who doesn't, right? Yeah. yeah of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So uh, we have no, co- no parent coaching, no parents on the mat type of thing. Um, you know, I even mentioned to Max that so Josh's facility in Green Bay, he's got there's a window and there's a front room and the parents aren't even allowed in the wrestling room. Uh, that's kind of the same way with our Madison facility now. Uh, Max actually argues now that he likes having he's kind of got an open area where the parents can sit. It's not not all that large, but he he says he likes having the parents hearing what he's saying, which that's a that's a good argument. Mm-hmm. Um, as, you know, obviously as long as they're bought in and they're not contradicting Max on the way home, which. You know, I think most of Max's guys are really bought in, so I don't, I don't think that's the case. Um, so, yeah, I, I think most of the parents, it, it did take them a while, obviously, because a lot of our ideas are counter to what most wrestling people want to do. Uh, it did take them a while to buy in. And I, I know some of the parents, um, there's something like just in a person's soul that wants to just grind it out and go so hard, you know, especially older, tough parents. Yeah. And they want to say, you're not going hard enough. And, you know, when we bought the school in Madison, I heard all these rumors like, well, we heard they don't go hard enough. And we heard that it's like, well, don't you see our success? And shouldn't you And this for the, for me, this is what I say. When I see someone else who's more successful than me, I'm saying, how are they doing that? And w- what of theirs can I steal? <laughs> you know, what what can I copycat onto? Yeah. Um, and so it's like, well, obviously, whatever level of intensity we're going, it's, it's fairly irrelevant because. Our guys don't guess out. They have a lot of success. We're, we're winning a whole bunch. You know, we found a good recipe of inten- intensity level, but we we don't go rah, 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 grind, grind, grind. And some parents kind of want that because I think that's the experience they had in wrestling 20 years ago or something. Yeah, that, that's a tough, um, tough mindset to break, but I guess success yeah. is going to be really, really helpful. It's got to be – but imagine, imagine Ben – you're in your position. You and Max still probably get questioned by parents, right? Oh, yeah. Imagine, imagine, take, take, I know. Let's, let's say I wanted to start a wrestling club, right? And I wanted to implement your tactics. Yeah, protocol. How much more uphill is that going to be for, for someone with basically no credentials, right? Yeah. Um, no, it's good. I think about that many times, right? And it's, it is going to be very challenging for them. Um, and I think they're gonna have to have some success first before they ever, you know, get the leeway to kind of go. And we even had to kind of have that a little bit. Um, but I, I am thankful for, we've had a lot of great parents, um, you know, Rashka, Mako, O'Toole, a lot of great parents who have just said, listen, here's my kid go. 
And they, they, they didn't ask me about anything. They didn't tell me about nothing. They just said, here's my kid, go. Yeah. And so when, when you have parents like that that are, I want to say, kind of role model-ish to other parents, um, that, that's a really great situation to put us in. Um, and, and other parents kind of see that and they, they, you know, they want to emulate that because obviously that worked for those kids. Um, and it's, you know, it was, it, it, it just creates a really good relationship when the parent says, Hey kid, this is your thing. You're mature enough. You're going to do this. You deal with your coach. You set things up. You deal with your problems. It just builds a really mature individual. Yeah. I, it's, it's similar. Like, you know, you know, a common like sports analogy or re- even wrestling is like, you want your, you want your best player to also be your, your hardest worker because that's such a model and, mm-hmm. and things that other guys can do training-wise and have success is not always replicable. Similarly, maybe with parents, like when your best wrestlers have the model parents that are just deferential and just let you go, that's got to be a, a huge yeah. benefit when the contrary certainly exists in spades in, in wrestling. Huge. Yeah, that's, it's definitely huge. Um, you know, and the other thing I think, uh, I guess I'll just – kind of circle back to that question about the game thing. So I think, I think just human nature, um, kids want to know that somebody cares about them, right? If they're going to, if they're going to listen to them, if they know the person doesn't care about them, um, they're generally not going to take much feedback. And then number two, they, they want to feel like they're a part of something, right? And so that though you, when you think about human emotions, that's something you have to take into account when you're building a wrestling team. So, you know, I think like one tactic, uh coaches could kind of do away with uh well it's actually called kind of a couple tactics that fit in the same category for me but they try to show the kids it's my way or the highway and you're going to listen to me and you're going to do this and then if the kid gets it wrong and they say see i told you so like i think that is like relationship breakers right i don't mm-hmm. want to if i want <clears throat> i want me and you christian to have a good relationship i want you to trust me that I have your best interest in mind. And if I'm doing those type of things, you're going to really, you're going to question that, right? Whether I do or not, you're really going to, as an athlete, you're going to question that. And so I think those are two tactics that coaches do lots of times that shoot themselves in the foot. And sometimes obviously it feels good to say those things. And obviously it's easier uh, to say those things, but I, I think that is, can be harmful to relationships sometimes. Yeah. Um, are there, athletes that you how how much of your your practice and workouts constitute the athletes um weekly wrestling slash fitness output you mean like uh yeah how like much how, else are they how much outside training are they doing let's Ooh, say out of season um, well so we don't really so we don't really coach the kids in the high school kids in season oh really all. you Our, don't even have no. club no Really? Mm-mm. I, I saw common? an interesting... Is that common? Well, what I saw when I was traveling the country very early on is not... I don't think it is common. Um, uh, what I saw really early on when I was traveling the country was club coaches and high school coaches were head-to-head. They didn't like each other because what would happen was, you know, in the season, the club coaches wanted to see their kids also. And then they would say... Oh, your high school coach doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He, they, I'm better at this move, which, uh, you know, a lot of times the club coaches, they had a little more success, right? Um, or they would say, don't go as hard. This is, this is the worst. Don't go as hard at your high school practice. Save your energy for our practice, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and that just created um, a dynamic that I never want, that we never wanted to create here, right? It created a really bad dynamic between 
the the coaches in the and and the club coaches. So yeah, we kind of stayed away from that one. Um, but as to your original question, so right now we do three days a week. Um, with their membership, they can go to any of the other academies also. So if they come to my practice Monday, Wednesday, Sunday, and there's a Tuesday, Thursday in Green Bay or in Mequon, they can go over there, right? If they're Tuesday, Thursday in Heartland, and there's a Monday, Wednesday in Madison, they can go over there if they want. Um, so I, I would say obviously most of the mat time kids spend on a weekly basis is with us. And then, you know, we don't really do strength and conditioning. We've kind of made a few stabs at it. And it's, it's a weird dynamic because you don't – I don't like putting them back-to-back because when you do, say, strength conditioning and wrestling, you get a, a, a not-so-great wrestling practice. If you do wrestling practice and strength conditioning, you get a not-so-great strength conditioning. Um, so we've, you know, we've been trying to create the formula. Um, but it seems to be that kids also kind of like to go do it on their own. Maybe not on their own, with their own where, – wherever they're doing it. And that's also been going pretty well. So we don't know that we're going to mess with that totally. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, fun fun talks. Um, yeah. Uh, youth wrestling it's i i'm i'm very i'm sure it'll it'll come up a lot more organically as caleb becomes more and more involved in it it's, it's yeah been, it's been fun i mean i i listen i love coaching youth wrestling i love helping athletes reach their potential um i, I think and i think you know it is kind of the way i've approached every problem in my life and i i always say like okay number one who's doing it better and what are they doing and how can i steal some of that Right. I'm, I'm totally honest and open about that. Yeah. And the number two, I say, where do I think they're missing? Where do I think everyone's missing and that we could maybe do something that other people aren't doing? And I think if you can ask those questions about any type of subject matter, I think that's going to lead you to um, coming up with a good answer. Right. That, that can maybe change stuff uh, for the positive. Well, so far, that's definitely been the case for for you, for sure. Yeah. But what have you done and what are you going to do to save the the Winniewood Zoo? Are you going to do anything about that? Because according to Kyle Brackey, it is dead. Can you explain? I don't, I don't have a huge interest in big cats, but uh, I did see this in the dock, and this is pretty depressing. It's that uh, effing Carol Baskins. I thought you were tiger style. Come on, man. What the heck? Kyle, okay. tell us about it. Yeah, yeah so Jeff Lowe announced that, uh, that douchebag Jeff Lowe <laughs> – they're gonna they're gonna close it. Um, he he essentially is blaming uh, PETA. Um, he said he used the opportunity to take aim at animal rights charity PETA, claiming that the USDA had quote folded to their pressures despite giving the zoo five consecutive perfect inspections. Mm. So how did they fold wow. if they're just giving them perfect inspections? Well, because PETA just wants them closed, and they're yeah. just like always hammering them. Uh, it says, in the state of Oklahoma, exotic animal ownership is perfectly legal. Rest assured that all these animals will continue to have excellent care and consequently will no longer be subject to USDA inspections or PETA spies, Jeff Lowe said. Spies. Um, Espionage involved. But it sounds like there's a season two of Tiger King coming. Uh, there is? Yes. And Lowe said what? that the new park would be used for private film set for television content. Man, I'm mm. I'm out. I don't think this is going to be good. There's for one, Joe Exotic remains I mean, locked up. You know, Carol Baskin won't be involved. This is true. Really, it's, I think she I, probably loves the spotlight. I wouldn't be shocked if she's involved at all. Apparently, she was very mad with how she was portrayed as a uh, murderous, really? homicidal cat <laughs> cat lady. Apparently, she well, didn't that was like just that. Joe's idea. That was just Joe's idea. That was just his perspective. <laughs> I don't know. They de- listen. The entire country 
basically watched that and was like, yeah, she killed her husband. Yes. So I, I imagine she's not a big fan of the series. They reopened the she's investigation the into his disappearance she's, and everything. Well, she should be a fan. Of, she shouldn't be a fan of the facts, and maybe she shouldn't be a fan of the fact that she likely killed her husband. <laughs> I know, but that's not going to make her want to be involved with season two. I can't imagine. I think they did like <sighs> totally mislead her about it. Um, really? Well, I don't. They I don't know. They're asking. Her? They were asking her all these questions about it. They were they asking were her like. Deep. They were asking her like what she was doing that day, and they asked her mm-hmm. about like all the rumors about it, and she talked about like how ridiculous yeah. it would be for tigers to eat it. I think. Whether she can say she was misled, if they're asking you questions like that and going yeah. so in depth about it, yeah, you kind of you got to know that they're gonna do that. Like also, since it, she probably if she since she likely did kill her husband, it should be in the back of her mind at all times that the other shoe may drop at some point. <laughs> uh, Piles, are you gonna get us kicked up air for accusing Carol Baskins of murder? I think this is this is this is all alleged. All alleged. All there alleged. we go. Now we're good. Yeah. As long as you yeah, say that, you're in the clear. I mean, I thought Carol Baskins was pretty smart, and I thought she had a good lawyer. Why wouldn't she have gotten something where, um, you know, she could nix a few parts if she wanted to? Like, she hey, I'll have my paid. involvement in this, but, you know, I, I get some executive decision-making power somewhere in, in this thing. Yeah. I mean, the, most, most documentary filmmakers, whatever, are not going to give that, right? Really? No. I mean, what they really want Carol Baskins in there, though? They they probably were like, no, you won't be involved. They probably just paid her. I imagine Enough? she got paid. Yeah, pr- but if you probably. killed your husband, don't you think you'd want some veto power? Let's <laughs> <laughs> cut it out all the parts that make it look like I killed my husband, please. Uh, Jeff Lowe also said it. Uh, Tiger King. It has also provided us with an unfathomable source of income. All right, that's a lie. Income, <laughs> income that will guarantee the long-term care of our animals and allow us to be very selective going forward. He can't fathom the money, well, really, Jeff. It's incomprehensible <laughs> how much money you're making, dude. I actually, I'm kind of gonna go with Jeff. Well, well, I don't know what their contract looks like, Christian. I mean, you guys do contracts, so maybe you have a better idea. But if Bracky he got paid any type, okay, if they got paid any type of royalties. Who could imagine that Tiger King would have done like seven hundred billion views? That's true. If they got, ro- I there's no way they got upside. There's no for, way. Huh? There's no way. But there were like talks yeah. about there being a movie in the works. And yeah, they're doing a season two, and I'm sure there's been all kinds of other promotional things that have come from you the documentary. Can't recapture that magic. There's just no <laughs> way. There's no way. Um, there's no way. There's no way they got upside. Right. There's no way. Do you think Netflix was like, oh my gosh, wait, we are about to take over the freaking world. We're about to drop this series. It's called Tiger King. Wait till everyone's going to, do you think they had any idea? They're like, oh, this could be, I mean, uh, this is pretty zany. It might be big. Or do you think they're like, this is the next making a murderer? Watch. Probably. I mean, they got to have, they got to have some idea on that, don't they? I mean, maybe in the beginning they didn't when they started filming, but once you started putting that stuff together, it was kind of addictive to watch. It was like I don't know. There was just some. There was some kind of humanity that you wanted to see there. I think they probably knew they like, had something special. Yeah, and yeah. then it just dropped at the perfect time with literally everyone stuck yeah. in their houses. Yes, it was the it was a perfect yeah. storm type of scenario. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Andrew Escada says, "Since Missouri is the Tigers, their most savage wrestler each year should get a Carol." <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, Andrew, great job. Brian That's Smith. Fantastic. Well, so Spay does his end of the season awards that are very much along this line. Yeah, the Billy Baldwin Best Bearcat Award. Which they actually uh, started handing out. Actually, you know they gave out that award? They, like, make an actual plaque and give it to the... Wow, I did not know that. To whoever Spade chooses yeah. as the Billy Baldwin like, Best. Like, um, there was a there was a Dad Strength Award that Bo Jordan won. Wow. Um, oh, we, yeah, we had a bunch. It was, it was pretty funny. So, yeah. yeah how, the, many, the you, how many teams in Division I NCAA Wrestling are Tigers? Um, In wrestling? Yeah, in wrestling. Princeton, Missouri. In Princeton, um, Who else? That's probably it. Iowa. Google the Iowa, the Iowa Tigers. I think that's it. Uh, um, Clemson, RIP, doesn't have a program anymore. They are definitely Tigers. LSU doesn't have a program anymore. I'm saying it's two until, unless proven otherwise. Um, okay. does, what the heck's I'm the Browns? What, what are the Browns? Bear. They're a bear. Oh, yeah, bears. It's duh. just two. It's just Princeton and Missouri. Just the two. All right. Yeah. Uh, we got LSU, uh, Clemson, and Auburn. I you know, I think Auburn it should be a share. I think the Carroll Baskin the war should be shared. So it's between whoever does the best. It could could have come down to Brock Mahler versus Matt Kalazic last year. You know, who's the Ooh, best? nice. Who's the best Tiger? The, the Carroll Baskins award. Maybe one of maybe one school is the Carroll Baskin award. And then the other one's a Tiger King Award. Yeah, the, like, actual, the actual Tiger King. Yeah. I'd like to Photoshop uh, Brock Miller's face on, like, Joe Exotic's body. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be funny. Um, <laughs> maybe not for Brock Miller, but, you know, we'd get a laugh. It's parody law. We could have just put it at his expense. Just some shenanigans. Um, Is there a law called parody law? There's not a law called that. Yeah, absolutely. Parody laws are no, there, It's a real thing. Yeah. What? That's yeah. how you can get away with a lot of stuff. That's how Weird Al can like write songs, like Amish Paradise or whatever. For real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on, dude. You don't know about parody law? <sighs> no. No. I, you should have claimed no, parody no law idea. when you did your hello. Um, well, they must have. I didn't make. I didn't own the the rights to that. I know you should have claimed parody law, and then you probably wouldn't have had to take that video down. Remember you did I'm, that song? I'm trying to look this up. Yeah, yeah. And YouTube <laughs> took it down like 74 times. F YouTube. Wow. Can you make a parody? In most, in its most general sense, a fair use is any copying of copyright material done for a limited transformative purposes, such as to comment upon, criticize, or parody a copyrighted work. Such uses can be done without permission of the copyright owner. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I learned something today. I did not know that. So I guess you wow. got to... You have to sue YouTube now for taking down. Yeah, your... hello should go back up. That's crap. <laughs> they did you. They did you dirty on that one. Okay, mm-hmm. um, Bracky, what's what's going on with ODU? Yeah, so um, our man Jason Bryant, who's in the Facebook chat right now, and I'm sure we'll we'll point out a lot more stuff than I'm going to. He's um, gonna lose his mind right now. Yeah, and I, I don't want to bring up bad memories for him because I know he's at his wits end with, with Old Dominion. But I, I think it'd be good just to kind of like show some of the scummy things they did. Um, and, and Tyler, I think, has a few of these graphics pulled up. And you can see these on Jason's Jason Bryant's Twitter or Facebook page. Uh, if we could, Tyler, if we could do the sports criteria one first. Um, they, they put together this table and they analyzed each of their sports and then, you know, assigned them a point value. 
Um, and it really seems like a lot of these were just uh, the criteria they set was to make wrestling be the choice. Um, if you, if you, <laughs> Come on. If you look at like what I mean, but like well, look at all on. all the ones that are in the poor category. I looked at this chart. Okay. Um, but I feel like, okay, for number one, is it up on the screen yet? Because I'm looking yeah. at it in the doc. Yeah. It is. Okay. So for number one, value the sport, brings diversity, brings national attention. I feel like wrestling, you could make, I mean, you can make the argument that they've had Division One and say all Americans, which would bring national attention, right? Or no? Could you not make that argument? Yes, but then they're going to say, well, it's to a very small population, which okay, is what well, define, is in their thing. So it's kind of indefinable. Okay, so the squad size, yes, that that's shenanigans. Okay, well, why is that? What does, so here's my question about the squad. It says it's effect on on Title Nine. I don't understand that. I thought I thought Title Nine. So I'm pretty ignorant. But I thought Title IX had more to do with, like, scholarship allocation or, or whatever. Well, it's providing no, opportunities. It's just opportunities? Yeah. Well, I darn. I think, it's, I think it's both. So, yeah, that, that's annoying, obviously. So then the season-long home attendance. Man, how many people – how many sports do they have that has over 2,500 season attendance? Because the answer has got to be almost none. Barely football, probably. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well, I mean, I looked it up in, like – only ten teams averaged over twenty five hundred fans, like a dual meet, in in college wrestling. Like it's just not a super well attended sport across the country. Uh, I, man, I mean, I was at college. I would say there's very few that get over twenty five hundred. Like yeah. basketball, uh, men's basketball specifically. Right. Women's never. I went to a handful of games and they did not average twenty five hundred. There's no way. Um, football and. I mean, baseball, no. Maybe. Soccer, I doubt it. Softball, I doubt it. Right. Yeah. I don't. Volleyball, Field maybe. hockey, all the swimming, like no. all those. Uh, track, exp- swimming, track, heck no. Swimming got barely over 200 ever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I went to all the sports and there's not, a, there's not a lot at Mizzou that could be over 2,500 average. Yeah. And you just keep going down the line. Expenses over 1.2 million. I mean, pretty What's much. expenses of the program? Do you know? No, I don't off the top of my head, but I mean, I would be willing to imagine that, that, that most of the the bigger schools spend that much just on travel and, and all that stuff. Um, almost never competes really? or not a Conference USA sport. That hurts. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that, that's just, but that's one that like, a f- like uh, Boise State claimed that. They were in the Mountain West, and they were like, "Well, Mountain West doesn't sponsor, doesn't sponsor uh, wrestling, and that that's a big sticking point with the conference." And then, like we found out from a person associated with the Wyoming program, that wasn't true at all. Like, so people they just like to use this one as a as a scapegoat. Oh, so Jason Bryant, this well, so this this mm-hmm. Jason Bryant says, "Oh, do you claim one point two million as expenses, which nah. then makes that figure convenient." <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, so yeah, I I don't know. It, it's that, and then <laughs> I don't know. How would you evaluate how? But devil's advocate, how would you evaluate uh, a program's health overall? How much it costs? Um, how much it brings in? How well you do nationally? How many people yeah. come and watch? The, these are the things you look at when you evaluate, right? Yeah. Now, sure, if, but if, if, if all think, the sports on campus are sure. yeah, I mean that's yeah. That's what you're, you're right, Bracky. Keep going. Yeah, if all the sports on campus literally have the same amount of attendance, are bringing in the same amount of money, 
costs about the same to put on. But then you have uh, the wrestling team, which has been successful and is having all Americans. Um, it, it's just a little surprising that they chose this one. And but it seemed like they had their mind made up because we'll go to this uh, the next image that we have. Jason was able to uh, FOIA a lot of emails. FOIA equals Freedom of Information Act. Yes, thank you. Um, and so th- this is between um, the man who put on, who, who did this survey, conducted a bunch of this research, and then Wood Selig is the, the athletic director for Old Dominion. And they're having this terrible conversation about this. This terrible conversation. It's No, it's really weird. It's really bizarre conversation. So this Richard Sander guy, Went back to a, a former school he was at, and they're like, oh, they didn't, like, honor you at halftime or something. They didn't put a statue up for you or whatever. And they're talking about, like, his put up a statue, and they'll coll- it will collect all the bird droppings and everything. And so Wood Sealy says, put a hairnet on statue to catch it all. And then the Richard Sander guy goes, could collect and sell for fertilizer. And then Wood Sealy goes, a, rev- a revenue generator for wrestling. And he sent that on February 5th, 2020, and they dropped the program in April, uh, early April. So they're just making fun of wrestling? They're just making fun of wrestling. Dang. Wood Selig. I mm. sat in this man's office and interviewed him one time. You did? Yeah. What was your take on him? Like, just your, your feel? Dude, what, your dude feel he, was, he loved wrestling. He liked Coach Martin. He was like, you know, so a lot of times when you go and you do these, uh, like, a, like a campus trip, it's like you're kind of – you're trying to get some cool stuff, like get some technique and shoot some practice, and they have kind of like their things they want you to do, right? Like they want to do a mm. tour of the academic center. They want yeah, you yeah. to enter. They're like, you got to talk to our AD. He loves wrestling, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. It seemed like he knew the sport well enough for an athletic director. He like kind of appreciated Coach Martin's antics and how animated he was and he thought it was really cool. <laughs> how, he thought it was cool how much he cared, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, all right. This is good. An AD that seems to value wrestling. Coach Martin um, spoke highly of him, although I don't think he would say, hey, my AD is terrible to me. But at the same time, I don't think he'd have me interview him if he didn't think he yeah. was an advocate. Yes, so correct. I thought he was fine. Perfectly normal dude. But um, that was like a 20-minute thing. Yeah, and Jason, you know, has been trying to run down every lead he possibly can. And they, they literally blocked his email from emailing the president and he's literally just trying to get answers and wants them to answer questions for him. And they, he wouldn't do a, uh, an, an podcast with Jason or, or video interview. He answered like 10 pre questions that he got to screen like ahead of time and then responded in writing. Mm-hmm. And Jason's had a few follow-up questions to that and they won't answer. And they're now they're like blocking his email and uh, he needs to Michael Morum. He's got to go there. And just put the show camera the in the face. Yeah, just show up with the really camera. Gotcha journalism. Camera, yeah, just gotcha journalism till the restraining order comes, <laughs> which would probably come within 24 hours. But until the restraining order comes, you can you, you can, get 24 uh, hours. You got Freaky that's just done. That's a tight window. That's a tight window. Yeah, and he he's putting the chat. All his requests now go directly to the university lawyers. That's what's up. That's when you know you've gotten uh, to somebody. Yeah, you're you're, you're on to something. Keep digging. No, go to, go to. I forget which city it's in. Norfolk, Newport News, one of the end ones. Um, go there. Get put a camera in their face. So really shady stuff from ODU. If you again that that was all stuff Jason Bryant sent to us, and you can see it on his Twitter and Facebook where there's much more where he's uh posted 
responses and, and other emails he's been able to collect. Mm. Hopefully he can keep keep digging this and I don't know, maybe one day Odie will be back. It yeah. is in uh, Norfolk, Christian. I, I looked Norfolk. I always think it's Norfolk and Why then did I it, second it, guess it, myself. There's an L there. It's N-O-R-F-O-L-K. Yeah. But Norfolk. Do they call it Norfolk? Norfolk. <laughs> Norfolk. What? I don't know. That's how I say it. Okay. Um, I'm sure he'll he'll have the dictionary pronunciation. JB can can help. Um, so yeah, double dang, not cool at all. Come on, ODU. Double shady, dang, shady sons of guns. Um, all right. Any oh eligibility relief update, Stephen Kyle. Yeah, let's talk about this. Yeah, the D1 Council has recommended the board of directors who will vote tomorrow on it. That literally all fall. Sw- Sports student-athletes get an additional year of eligibility. Well, actually, both an additional year of eligibility and an additional year in which to compete it. Um, So will they increase the scholarships because that feels like they should? Well, yeah. So what they're going to do is it says the financial aid of fall sport senior student-athletes who take advantage of the additional year of eligibility and extended clock will not count against team limits in 2021-2022. Wow. Damn, someone should have saw that coming and just boosted all those scholarships up. <laughs> wow. So, but this, it kind of ticks me off, though. Because last year. Right. Because last year. The freaking- why didn't you do that for the winter at- athletes that literally lost their championships? And now you're saying, hey, we could act- theoretically get through this whole college football season and yes. they might still just get an extra year, anyways. Yeah. That's crazy. That's insane. Um, Hey, you know what? I thought this made an effect because I saw I saw someone else post about it, a guy who I did not know. Um, but it also said fall sports athletes could play any other sport they want and not have eligibility work against them. What about Nash Hutmacher putting on the big big red singlet? Whoa! Well, and can uh, he make heavy? Why wouldn't you? I thought he's super big. He's over two eighty five. Dog, there's someone who's three hundred pounds. They can just do a little run, sweat a little bit. He, I mean, he wrestled it his senior year. Um, okay. The other person that was tweeting about this was uh, Michael Parsons, the Penn State. Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't player. know who that was. He he's going to be a first round draft pick, and he opted out of the football season. Um, was he a wrestler re- too? Yeah, he wrestled like all the way up through till high school. And um, was pretty talented. Was placing in like the PA state tournament and stuff. But I mean, he's a freak. He's a total freak athlete. So he, he would really hang. Want to get his face rubbed in the mat with Kirkfoot? I don't know. He is pretty big. Uh, Hutmacher's listed at three hundred pounds on the Nebraska bio. He can make it. He's got it, dude. That'd be awesome. Um. Well, wait. Hold on. Here's how this could help solve the problem for for last year with the guys losing it. Well, it doesn't help the seniors. Seniors, you're officially screwed. But. This says if, if they do this for winter sports and they have wrestling, not only do you get to compete in it, but you get an additional year on top of it. So Spencer is supposed to be a senior this year, so he could do this year. And if you get a year on top of it, then he would have two more years, right? Which would be... So he'd have five years of college eligibility? Yeah. <laughs> he could be like... No, five- that can't be. Well, that's what this is saying. How would that be any different? Uh, no, there's no way that's there. No, come on, dog. There's no way. They, just, they just misspelled something or bad punctuation. I'll read it to you. The division one council well, officially recommended they messed up. 
The board of directors gave all fall students both an additional year of eligibility and an additional year in which to compete it. So complete I think it. they're saying they're getting an, no, an those extra are the year. Same. Yeah, so like if they and and right, year. so they messed it up somehow. I'm trying to think like how to explain this. So explain to me like I was seven. Yeah, so they just the way, didn't write it very well. That's simple. So they get an extra year of eligibility, but they have another year to do it in. Mm, okay. Does that make sense now? I guess. So, all right, hypothetically, I'm Trevor Lawrence. What grade am I in? He's a, he's going to be a junior. Okay. <laughs> so I'm but Trevor. I'm going to Trevor gonna pl- Lawrence is going to the NFL. Who I know. Hypothet- no, I'm not. I just, I just love college. I'm, I'm Matt Leinart. Okay. <laughs> What's so, wrong with you? I'm going to go. I'm going to play this year, and then I'm going to play – then well, so you could play this year, uh-huh. right? Your junior year. Yep. Then you could just like take the next year off. Uh huh. And that would have been your senior year. Oh. But now you have this extra year. Gap year. Yeah. So gap I could, year. So I'm Trevor. I'm gonna play this year, win it all. Gap year in Europe. Gap year in Europe. Backpack. Come back. You just got engaged, so you can get married. You can do the whole honeymoon thing. Perfect honeymoon. And then you can play a gap year honeymoon. Gap year honeymoon. Just a straight year of yep. honeymooning. Okay. Hey guys, I, can I put something in the doc that you guys will play on the show for us right now? <laughs> sure. I it's a definite. I just maybe. put a link in. It's from Verizon on Verizon's Twitter. Oh, is this the Gilman thing? Yeah. <laughs> what Did you is see it? I just want to know what the Verizon games are. So the I saw I saw the, I I don't know if I saw what Ben's put in here, but uh, yeah, I saw this. It's terrible. He's. He's competing against their 5G like phone in a battle of strength. It's terrible. Dog, he's got 756,000 views though. No, I hope he's making I hope he's getting paid with it, but I'm just saying the commercial is like, itself is actually not good. But I hope I hope he's riding all the way to the bank. <laughs> Kyle. Kyle, are you trying to fire Verizon's marketing team? Yeah, I am. This is like uh, good job. Up. Good job using Thomas Gilman. But you didn't even let him shine. You didn't even let him talk smack. You didn't even let him fire off some awesome one-liners. Yeah. Or peacock around or anything. Exactly. Yeah, go yeah, ahead and play I'm it, Tyler. It. He's doing some competition against the phone. And welcome to the network games host. I hope, <laughs> hope the competition isn't having a large 5G Jersey as world silver medalist Thomas Gilman is about to compete against Verizon's 5G ultra wideband network in a battle of there he is, Thomas. And look at the competition. The Samsung Galaxy Note 20 Ultra 5G. That's got That's its great. game face on. The event is called Data Deadlifts. Gilman will attempt to complete 10 deadlifts before Verizon 5G Ultra Wideband downloads 100 megabytes of raw data. Here we go, Thomas preparing now. Now, this would be a personal best for him if he can pull this off. The crowd knows it oh, too. Man. You can see Huge crowd. On edge. And here we go. One. And that's two. One, two, three, three, and oh, oh, it's over before it's even really started, folks. Unbelievable. With the Verizon 5G Ultra Wideband has downloaded 100 megabytes of data just like that. Oh, uh, something's uh, going on. Words are being exchanged. Trident lip read. You know there. Thomas Gilman's going to smash that effing phone. Let him do it. Yeah, he should have done it. Today, folks. Let, Let him smash it. That download is incredible. Let's watch that. Oh, man. There you go, Kyle. I, I am 100% with you. I am firing Verizon's. I could make a better damn commercial than that. You see my you see my commercial 
with Chase Hooper last night. It was way better than that. That was much better. Your your stuff's been hilarious with him. I'm gonna send you know I'm gonna send that to you guys too. You guys got we gotta play that. We'll play it. Listen, How's that it? was a, that was a, Verizon. Get your get your S H I T together. Oh, he spelled it, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you spelling it now? You've been Chris, saying it. You're saying You've every been saying show. it for like nine months on this show now. Christian, I don't know if you can. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this, but kids can't spell. Yeah. Uh, my, I just, my kids I just definitely can. Hey, right. so there, I just put a Dave, blog Dave up put this very well in the Facebook chat. So your five-year eligibility clock turns a six-year clock. So yeah, instead of five to do four, you have six to do four. Yes, exactly. Okay. They should have um, wrote that. They um, try so hard to sound all legal easy instead of like putting it in common folk speak so we understand. You're not wrong. Yeah. 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 Um so so guy, I was doing this vlog and uh I miss a, a putt in disc golf and uh I go, damn it. And then my kids are there and I go, uh, or darn it. <laughs> and my four-year-old and my four-year-old goes, damn it or darn it. <laughs> <laughs> I started dying. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, yes. Here's Ben's Watch video out. with uh, Chase. Debut sitcom. We're here at Chase's first practice. Man, I, I sure hope he does well. I'm a little bit nervous for him because he's never done wrestling before, only jiu jitsu and MMA. And obviously, wrestling's a little bit different. So hopefully, he picks it up pretty quick and gets the hang of it. Yeah, I always thought wrestling was like the easier version of jiu-jitsu, so hopefully I'll kill it today. It's kind of weird that we have to wear shoes or whatever. I think you're not supposed to do that on the mats, but I guess they just don't care with the sport. Jiu-jitsu, but you, they don't even know how to defend a choke. <laughs> Watch his wrestling practice so he can try to wrestle because you know it's one of the things he hasn't done his whole life. I look over sometimes, this dude's pulling guard. Like, what what am I supposed to do with that? The guy needs to get a takedown and he's rolling around on his back. So I think it went really well. Uh, I think I really impressed Ben a lot, you know. He was able to see that I can just pick up stuff like I'm a world-class athlete I just do something <laughs> I was able to use my jiu-jitsu to wrestle them I was out wrestling these guys they have no like submission defense at all I choked them out so many times <laughs> these dudes are like 27 or something like super athletes and I'm just chewing them up and it was a uh, it was a good day I think I made him real proud <laughs> That's funny. I like when he calls them 27-year-old super athletes. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's clearly like a 16-year-old kid. Uh, hey, your son, uh, your other son, your uh, maybe oh. we'll call him your stepson. He, uh, he, what, he quit his match or something? Or <laughs> what did he do? Christian, you're, you're a at savage. Him. You're a well, savage. No, I didn't, I didn't watch. I just watched. Um, oh, you didn't watch. No, I didn't watch any of it. Remember? Oh, I thought you watched it. No, I didn't watch. What happened? Okay. With Sean well, he got there's this. You know what? There's this new thing. It's happened to a handful of guys, but and it's really funny that it didn't become very commonplace in MMA till now. 
but he gets uh when you get kicked like in the low shin calf area it's like some nerve and it shuts your foot off it's really weird so then they're <laughs> nice. stumbling around like they're this like, is like an on-off switch for the foot <laughs> It, re- it legit. So there's have been like four fights. It's happened in uh, Mike. It happened to Michael Chandler. It happened in this fight. Uh, it happened to Henry Cejudo in the DJ fight, and he was able to recover still. Uh, yeah, but so it happened to him, and he kind of like laid down a little bit, and then took a few punches, then was done, and then got he got stretchered out. It was it was kind of embarrassing. Yeah, tough look for your family. How good <laughs> is Chase Hooper? I don't I don't know anything about. It. Was he really good at jujitsu? Uh yeah, I mean I I didn't really know him until he started tweeting me, obviously. But yeah, he's got pretty good jujitsu. Um he's super I think he's like twenty only or twenty one, yeah, which I told he looks get up in one of the other videos. Well not in this video, but it's funny because I had probably five or six college guys in the room, you know, that day, which were probably all older than he was. You know, so it's kinda of funny that he was so he kind of was young compared to some people he was going with. He's about to turn twenty one. In uh, September, it looks like. <coughs> How so old? He's, he's 20 right now. Well, mm-hmm. cool. All right. Well, glad. glad that, was to, that, that was a good video. So you are hired by Verizon. Congratulations. Dude, <laughs> see, Verizon, listen, I don't know what you're paying those jabronis at that marketing company, but I'll make a better commercial. Listen, I would have had Thomas Gilman smash that phone. It would have been way better. What's well, like so now we got 5G causing Corona. Yeah. And... <laughs> Causing people to like lose their minds. Fires. Remember, it started like fires over in England or something, and now it's out deadlifting Thomas Gilman. Like, when does it stop? When does it stop? Five G. Also, why do <laughs> they have like a British golf commentator for powerlifting? Like, why would they? I? I can yeah. honestly say I've never watched a powerlifting competition or heard it commentated, but they're going <laughs> for like tennis or golf. I didn't. I didn't understand. But the main can't, thing is, can't assume they're British. Okay. All right, Ben. <laughs> Whatever. It had a quasi-British accent. Uh, quasi. Also, going back to the Michael Parsons thing, if Penn State's just going to redshirt everyone, yeah, like, and, like if they're worried about like not having, you know, not being able to get through a season and wasting these guys' eligibility, Michael Parsons just put them out there. Yeah. Six three two forty five. Did that with Jan Johnson. He took down Marsden one time. <laughs> he did. People forget that. Wait, so are you guys not excited about Nash Hupmacher? Because I would be excited to see him wrestle. Of course. Yeah, Dude, absolutely. He would He would be a a ranked guy, probably a top 10 guy. If you he, think? Eventually. Not right away. Eventually. He wouldn't He wouldn't be ranked, but he would have to beat somebody. But Didn't he break like Randy Lewis's pin record? Yes, I think so. Dang. Congratulations mm-hmm. to Nash. He's good. Okie dokes. Um... I'll never say that again. I don't know why I did. Um, questions from <laughs> friends time? <laughs> questions from friends time. Uh, yeah. well, so you, do you have any more commercials, Ben? Uh, well, I do have I, – so I had – that's my third video, the Chase Hooper parody. That's the third one. I have two, I have two more coming out. I'll probably put one out today uh, and then maybe another one tomorrow. Let's see. We'll see. Okay, cool. So uh, stay tuned mm-hmm. on, on the more Chase Hooper footage. Questions yeah. from friends – Question from Nick Croninger. He's a pretty frequent question asker. Yeah. How can wrestlers translate the qualities that have made them successful in a physical sport to non-physical avenues? Parentheses, office jobs. Well, I say lessons in wrestling Mm. will make you successful in life, but what are those lessons? What is digging deep in a nine-to-five, Ben Askren? Oh, man. Well, um, I could go on for – we have 38 minutes left. I think I could talk 38 minutes about this question on a monologue. 
You guys get bored though. Listen to me. Um, why? Well, like, so there's the, the biggest thing I think, and this is listen. You know, I talk about I'm going to force my daughter to compete at least a couple times. Um, not a lot, but I told her you're going to compete a few times, and because I want her to have the experience of going out there with no one else to protect her and shaking another person's hand and having to figure out how to beat them, like that that right there that's that's an important quality that not a lot of people get to experience because there's so much responsibility in it right and that, that was what i loved about it is that it's you or it's them there's there's not really any excuses you can't rely on your team you can't rely on your coaches you got to figure it out yourself I, I freaking love that and i think that can translate into just about anything in life um so that would be, you know, I, you want me to keep going or is that a good? Well, we can, yeah, you know, I, I agree with that. I think what there is, think? The, well, there's a lot of things I think, um, one, there's like the kind of low hanging fruit of, you know, wrestling instills a pretty unique work ethic and an idea of like yes. how to live a disciplined life because it extends beyond just the two, two and a half hour to three hour practice, however long it is, it extends beyond that because of the dietary restrictions and just the overall way yep. you have to live um, one. So you're gonna, I, I think it really helps you with work ethic. But one thing I think about is, as you think about like professionally, like think about when you're an early wrestler, the problems you're trying to solve are really simple. Mm, just yeah. like when you, when you first start any job, Probably if you're starting as the low man on the totem pole or any sort of position, the problems are simple, right? The, there's, it's, everything yeah. is being dictated to you. When you shoot, you're getting pancake. Keep your elbows in. Look away and pinch from the half, right? The problems are sort of mm -hmm. simple to solve. And someone is not solving them for you but telling you exactly how to solve them. But as you get like a lot more advanced in the sport of wrestling and as you grow your career and are given more responsibility – the problems are way more complex, way more nuanced, and there's not going to be someone that's going to give you the answer. So you're going to have to yeah. be very much able to figure stuff out on your own. And I think that's something that's that wrestling huge. really gives you because everyone has – there are sort of – there's like some templates of styles, but everyone kind of has a little different thing that they do, right? And yeah. that's something you have to you have to be able to come up with wrestling as well. So I think – being able to own solutions and figure things out for yourself are really important uh, as well. But now you can keep going, Ben. Yeah, I mean, th that's one a huge one. I think dealing with adversity, I think, is a really big one. Um, actually, not to give myself a shameless plug, but you can go to banishing.com. I just did a course on dealing with failure and adversity. I think it's fantastic. Um, and obviously, wrestling was the one that taught me most of those lessons. Um, but that's something, right? And again, because in wrestling, it's a it's a one-on-one -on -one thing. You can't, if you, if the failure adversity comes directly to you. You can't say, no, it wasn't me. It was them, right? Which maybe I guess you could do that in the workplace also, but you're probably going to be a much more effective worker. If you say, yes, that was my fault, or this is my problem. How kind of like you said, right? The problem solving aspect, but how do I deal with this problem? And you're used to dealing with that failure and adversity and you can kind of get through it. Right. And I think I always go back to. With failure and adversity, I always go back to this. It's like, would you, and it's not just wrestling, I think is probably the best because it is a one-on-one -on -one and it's so direct, the, right, the feedback is so direct. But would you rather learn how to deal with failure and adversity as a kid when there's nothing, right? There's really nothing on the line except a win or a loss, mm -hmm. okay? Or would you want to skip that? And that's kind of where, you know, 
I don't want to get into societal norms right now, but yes, parents do kind of nerf the world for their kids a little too much, in my opinion, right? And sure, their kids, they should get to enjoy their childhood. But would you rather learn those problems as a 12, 13, 14, 15 year old, right? How to deal with adversity, how to deal with failure and how to bounce back from that, how to have persistence. Or do you want to learn it when you're 32 and you have two kids and you got to make your mortgage and you got fired and now you got to have them figure it out? Like, when do you want to learn to be good at dealing with adversity? Because I would argue it's when you're 13 and you're figuring out how to be a good wrestler as opposed to when you're in your mid-30s and, right, you lose your job and you got to make your mortgage and you got two kids and everyone's relying on you. It's a much, much better situation to learn it when you're young. Yeah, I think – one thing coaching really helped me, coaching and teaching, because I was doing both at the same time for, for a while. It's like learning how to work with people, right? Not just coaching and leading, but like just learning that how everyone else responds, right? And that everyone yeah. is so different in what will motivate them. And like you think of the like the stereotypical barking like football coach that just basically yells at everyone. It's like that's not what every football coach is like. Just like that's not what every wrestling coach is like. But that is – not a way to optimize each person on the team or each person in the classroom, right? And everyone's going to be motivated a very different way. And I don't know if I ever really saw that or put that. um, I don't know if I ever even thought about that until wrestling. I would actually say that um, that's as a coach, Christian, but I actually wrestling people are bad at that as a whole, right? If we want to think wrestling helps us with some things, but one of the things that hurts is, and I think wrestling draw it draws people who are individuals, right? Who maybe don't work great with the team, and that that was that was me for sure, without a doubt, right? I didn't work well with other people in the beginning. I wanted to be very self reliant, mm-hmm. um, but yes, as you get older, you're likely going to have to work with the team, right, or work with other people in some way, shape, or form. And re- wrestling wrestlers do struggle with that more than anything. And I think, right, that's especially what we talk about. Um, I think like. When I think about you know youth coaches and high school coaches struggling with retention, one of the things I think about is, well, maybe these guys were when they were kids, and now when they're adults, they they were individuals and they didn't really work well with others, and that's why they were drawn to wrestling, and that's why they were good at wrestling. But now, as a coach, they need to figure out how to work well with others, and that's what's going to make them more effective. So I actually think that's one thing wrestling and wrestling people really struggle with is that um, kind of working with groups type of thing. Yeah, and that's true. I think if you're, especially if you've only been a competitor, right? I think it's it's more yeah. more true. And if you've had success as a competitor, then you're probably going to fall into traps of this is the way because it was my way, right? Um, I think yes. that was an advantage yep. of me being really terrible is I had no idea, so <laughs> I had to only go to people that would know what they were doing and try to try to figure it out. I don't know. Th- this is definitely something that we could we could discuss for a while, but. Um, there, there's there's a lot in there, Nick. Yeah, I, I think we nailed a, a bunch of the really big things. Yeah, we definitely nailed it. I know we nailed it. Just could we have nailed it for longer? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Will we see Metcalf before the end of the dead period? Asks <laughs> Notorious ZAC. I, yeah, I'm getting blown up about the, the Metcalf. I, I left mm-hmm. the – I picked up Caleb from practice. He's like, are we doing a film – are you doing a film on Brent Metcalf? I was like, yes. Why are you asking me this? But apparently, oh, so we shot like reenactments and stuff. Yeah, one of the kids in in his club was used for like the reenactments. So um, they're getting there. <laughs> they're getting there. They're getting there. Let's but do I it. thought he, I thought he was about to roast. I thought he was about to roast me for like 
not getting it out yet or whatever. I was like, oh, great. Now my own son. He knows what's on the line. He knows your ass is in the jackpot <laughs> if you don't have it done before the end of the dead period. Yeah. ASS. Yep. <laughs> yeah, sorry. ASS. Since Ben is now, can't spell. This is now it's fantastic. Since now Ben is spelling swear words. Well, you're, I'm sure your daughter, your oldest daughter, can probably spell. Not fast. I mean, she can spell <laughs> slowly, but if I, if, I, you know, if I crack them out real quick, then she misses it. Amy yells at me quite a bit for swearing. Well, don't oh, do it. T- it's not, tough it's life, not hard. Tough you life. can do it. You know, listen, I want my kids to, uh, you know, listen, they, they should know. Here's what I tell my wife. I said, this is great, a great lesson for them early on because they have to learn time and place, right? Listen, if they throw, uh, you know, a, a smaller <laughs> swear word in around here and there around the house, it's fine, right? But, uh, you know, they can't do it in school. So you have to understand everything has a time and place. They need to understand that. She's like, there's seven, they don't get it. And I'm like, well, the sooner they figure it out, the better they're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't get the nuance. They said, Dad did it. It's they, cool. That's the way it works. They got to figure it out. The world is nuanced. They got to figure that out. All right. Well, hopefully you're there to teach <laughs> them that part and not just swear in front of them. But that's what Amy's <laughs> for. So thank goodness for Amy. Should keep these kids on the straight and narrow as best they can. Um, yes. Someone wants us to mention that NATO is going to Duke. He is. I thought we did. I know we, we definitely meant to if I we didn't. Think we mentioned it. Sorry. Yes. Nathan Tomasello. Headed to Duke as an assistant coach. Does he was this... on the Bader show last night. Ah, there you go. Does this mean his competing days are done? This is a good question. I kind of wonder if they are. Um, yeah, I mean, well, obviously that that Duke, Duke, UNC, NC State are all really close together. I know they do kind of partner up for some of the RTC type of stuff. And so maybe, um, you know, maybe he's thinking he can train down there. Yeah, that's possible. Um I don't think he plans on hanging it up. Nice. Okay, good. More NATO. You got to at least go through 21, right? Give the Olympics yeah, a shot. Yeah, absolutely. I would think so, yeah. Okay. Um, Johnny Roastbeef has quite the question here. I don't know if they're going to be able to fit it on the screen. It's a very tall uh, inquiry, but it's pretty fun. Johnny Roastbeef? Johnny Roastbeef. So you walk into your local okay. soda pop saloon, and these fellers are at the bar. <laughs> Which one are you most worried about stealing your lady friend and why? So the, we've got Chimizo on some sort of a pier with sunglasses. You've got Bajrang stunting in front of uh, some building. You have Taha Akul with a parrot. And then you've got <laughs> Kurbanaliev and just into like a crushed velvet warm-up suit. Um, so... Here, I think uh, we're just about to see the, the pictures of these guys. Ben, who should we be most worried about? I think Chimizo for sure. I think it's Maybe Bajrang. I mean, listen, I'm worried that um, Kurbana Lee is some evil villain trying to take over the world. Right? <laughs> he looks kind of scary in that one. Ta Aku, I'm laughing at him because he looks like a pirate or something with his parrot. Yeah. Chimizo, yeah. Chimizo, I feel like is is the the most game spittinest uh, of the four, if I had to guess. Um, Bajran looks pretty fancy in that picture, though. He's fancy. He's a sophisticate. Yeah. I don't think he's Bajran. I don't see as a guy is going into spit game your girl at, at the bar. Um, Chimizo, I don't know. So Kurbanaliyev is going to just going to take her. He's just going to, yeah, she's going to be like, "This is my girlfriend now." Yeah. And she would just go. 
It'd be like that. Uh, our man Sam Harrington <laughs> listened to the Nathan Tomasello interview because his NATO said he was done after the Olympics. Boom. Thank you, Sam. Sam says nice. you're ducking him on a, on a debate, but I think I think you're actually right, Ben. I don't <clears throat> think you should debate Sam. Children. No. I don't what, Sam has maturity. Yeah, he's that, more mature than me. Yeah, like, same here. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> oh man. Uh, when he okay. says, "Don't all debate him. Tell him to grow up." <laughs> grow up, grow up, Sam. Get older, Sam. Uh, okay. Uh, I didn't understand this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways because um, I'm assuming that Ben will Ben Askren be attending any wrestling events in September in Indiana while potentially finding some long lost relatives. I don't understand this. Do you? Um, okay. So there's the Indiana Hoosier Open, or what's it called? Is it's a super the super thirty two qualifier? Mm-hmm. So I know some of my kids are going. We have a, we actually have an AWA coaches meeting this weekend, so we're gonna talk about going to that because obviously we've had no competitions in the last six months. Um, so we're gonna think we're gonna my I, there are a few Askrins in Indiana. Um, so my grandfather on my dad's side, who was an Askrin, obviously he uh, he was one of those Catholic families where they had like a whole bunch of kids, and then he got kicked out of the house because they couldn't feed them all. Um, <laughs> Oh wow! And then, uh, yeah, and then he joined. He lied on his papers and joined the Navy at like fourteen or fifteen. Okay, wow, crazy cow. Yeah. That is crazy. So I, so he does not know his relatives at all because he got kicked out of the house at like ten or eleven. Dang. Okay. Yes. So well, remember, he's asking because there was that there. there was the one picture of that guy that looked like you. That was in Michigan, though. Maybe he was from Indiana. Yeah, maybe the guy was no, from but, Indiana. Oh. But that, there are some Askrens in Indiana. That's the only other place I've ever heard of them um, yeah. being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never met another Piles. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen that uncommon. Really? Do you know other Piles? No. Let me look it on Facebook. I know other Piles. There, there's definitely tons out there. I've just never uh, encountered one. Mike Pyle. He was a fighter. Okay. Well, Pyle. Remember. That's your name. Pyle, yeah. <laughs> There's an S at the end. <laughs> All right, last question, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get the heck out of here. Can I got we... Dean, Dean Piles, Jimmy Piles, Ryan Piles, so That's many my Piles. Bro- Ryan's my brother. <laughs> but, uh... Wait, we got Jimmy. Jimmy's, you know, he's a good-looking dude from Kelso, Washington. <laughs> you got another Jimmy Piles from Columbia, Kentucky. You got lots of Jimmy Piles on here. Evansville, Indiana. Yeah. So many Jimmy Piles. Yeah. Never met him. One day. All right, last question. Whoa, then. Christian. Piles Construction in in Jamestown, Kentucky. <laughs> I was hoping for something. That's bigger. your family business. That's my family business. You got a side hustle, man. I got a side hustle. I'm big in, in the <laughs> I'm construction. I'm looking Piles Construction up. Their business owner there, Georgia, Towns, Georgia. A W Piles Construction. I'm going to their website now. <laughs> Why not? I didn't say they didn't exist. I just like I've never met them. I'm sure they're real. Okay. Okay. Can we hear some Askren Brothers stories from youth wrestling days at Ben Askren? Mm. Do y'all have any funny stories? I'm sure there's something um, interesting. From you, well, you know what? The one that I always I still laugh about to this day, and this is we were Max and I were really young. Uh, <laughs> we were getting construction in our new house. That means I was like seven, and he was probably like five, maybe six and four, even somewhere in there. And uh, you know the bulldozer, like it has that, it has the metal track on it. And I convinced, I convinced Max uh, that it was a chocolate bar. He took a big bite of it, <laughs> and he went <laughs> crying to mom. 
<laughs> God, I'm so good. Oh my gosh. To be your little brother, that'd be rough. Um, <laughs> oh wow, Gomer and Goober Pyle. Yeah, I know about. I know those guys. That's an old. It's an old one. How Come funny on. is it that the Andy Griffith show is like Sam Harris' favorite show? That is so in his <laughs> wheelhouse. I am uh, not surprised at all. That's uh, oh, he's that's our hilarious. he's wrestling's Opie with uh, great wrestling skills. Um, okay, so you fed him something nasty. Let's go. Oh, wait. We have one final thing. Uh, a call-out Uh-oh. of sorts. Um, Uh-oh. Who's calling who out? Well, we'll see. Let's go. Uh-oh, are you bringing us well, pretty guest? optimistic about um, <laughs> the Russians have a, a vaccine. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be great. I mean, the Russians, the Russians developed the Russian two-on-one tie. And if they can perfect that, then I don't think a vaccine is a, really a big issue. You know, they say the the Russian two-on-one tie is, you know, allegedly not as effective as it used to be. It only gets a couple scores at each That's World stupid, Vader. I don't know who said that, but they don't know anything about wrestling. I think it was Ben Askren, him and a couple of his, his wrestlers went through. Yeah, and, that guy, man, went, I don't – I mean, I, I know he did, he's a good wrestler. He's done some things, but I, I have a problem with him. I mean, he um, – I've reached out to him. They said they said on their uh, FRL program that if you want to wrestle in one of these ah. um, flow events, you just text Ben or Twitter him, and and, and he hasn't responded to any of my uh, Twitter <laughs> messages. What uh, I mean, did you just say I want to wrestle, or did you give like you know present a case or, or an opponent or? I gave him a, an array of of opponents. I mean, I've I've always told you, babe, I'll <laughs> wrestle anybody anywhere at any time. You know, yeah, I've, I've heard style, that, but but you know, I'll go, people. I'll go Greco, I'll go, uh, I'll go freestyle, I'll go Sambo, which is where I focus most of my cha- training, anyways. <laughs> I told Ben, I said that I wanted to wrestle David Taylor. Um, yeah. <laughs> I felt like uh, honestly, I, I think he's a great wrestler, but in that match, and uh, he was wrestling Miles Martin in, in the last one, I felt like he was could a little been a little more offensive. And I thought he, was, I thought he was stalling, and they didn't. They refused to call stalling on him because he's a world champion. Yeah, well, they don't actually call stalling in freestyle. They call they call it passivity, or if it's really blatant, you know, they can give you a caution. But they don't actually they don't tomato, do the fist. tomato potato bater. I mean, stalling is stalling. <laughs> that was really good. <sighs> tomato oh, potato. I need, the best. I need to start using that one. That was great. That was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> David Taylor stalling. <laughs> yeah, they refuse. They refuse to call uh, it because he's a world champion. That was very funny. Um, so yeah, final call out for Ben. He wants. He wants to be on one of these cards. He wants DT. We'll see what we can put do. Put him on. We'll do it. Um, okay. Hey, Ben. Thanks for everything. You got anything else before we? Hey, go? I only got one more week, and then I, I get a new hip after that. So I'm gonna be missing in two weeks. I'm gonna be missing. Oh wow. Oh, it's not the music for that. That was not the music. He had to stop it real quick. We're getting in music. There that it was is. Beta Show music. Um, oh. Dude, yeah. What are we gonna do? That's gonna be that's gonna be tough. Actually, I'm going on vacation, um, so we could be a weird oh, couple couple weeks here. But it's okay. Bracky's gonna be by himself, <laughs> sitting right bra- there. It's gonna be Bracky looking up cryptids, <laughs> talking about chupacabras Sh- for hours. Show's, on show's gonna get really weird. Yeah, it's gonna get strange. <laughs> but we know you're here for it because you're still uh. here. Uh, we cannot believe, we can't be more thankful for you for continuing to listen. Uh, appreciate it so much. We'll be back next Tuesday. Please have a good weekend. Thank you so much. See you soon. Goodbye.